All right, guys, it is that time. We are now streaming live. Assuming you're watching us live, we also have re replays available. But welcome to Tech 37. So glad to have you with us. We are speaking to something that is top of mind for anybody that works with others. The workplace, the workforce, because now is the time when we're working on those return to work plans. And if they're not already in full swing, you certainly should be thinking about them and making uh, the specific moves that need to be made. But we're here to give you some ideas for that. Worldwide Technology has been working with multiple clients throughout this entire time frame, and they continue to develop a level of expertise that we can all learn from. We've also invited a collaboration expert from Cisco to join us. We'll meet him in just a moment. But our goal is to dig into all the various ways in which planning and technology can positively interact to help us all pull off this collective return to work wherever it makes sense to you. The goal overall to me continues to be grow productivity no matter where your workforce is at any given moment. So with that, welcome to Tech 37, your home for technology, education, and collaboration from Worldwide Technology. My name is Rob Boyd. It's time to meet the experts. It struck me that maybe I didn't tell you that you guys are the experts in this equation. Welcome, everyone. So glad to have you with us. And uh, I've had the, let me get my uh, screen corrected here. I've had you, a number of you guys in different, in different places we've had the chance to meet and work together. And so it's really fun to have all your expertise back together for this specific subject around the digital workspace and what's our readiness for reopening. But for anybody who may not be familiar with who you are, let's just go around the horn here for a moment. I'll start uh, above me. Joe, I wonder if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do as it pertains to today. Hey, Rob, thanks for having me back. Uh, hey, everyone, Joe Berger. I am the Senior Director for the Digital Workspace Practice here at Worldwide. So that's everything from collaborative tools, unified communications, contact centers, VDI, and user computing, that sort of things. It started to sound like a very narrow uh, responsibility there until you started listing those things out. And then I'm like, okay, never yeah, mind. He's yeah. got a lot on his plate. <laughs> it gets, it gets <laughs> big quick, yeah. But I, I love that. And you're, of course, uh, along with the others, have, have uh, various levels of customer expertise as you continue to morph these services that we'll talk about a bit further. So I'm going to come back to you in just a moment. And Kate, I've enjoyed talking with you about surveillance and certainly IoT in the past. And that's a little bit about what we're going to be diving into today. But welcome. I wonder if you could, from your perspective, tell us who you are and what you're responsible for. Yeah, absolutely. Super happy to be back. So my name is Kate Miller, and I am a business development manager here at Worldwide Technology. And my focus area is on um, cloud-based surveillance systems and video analytics and how we can tie those two things together. And now we are starting to wrap sensors into there as well, environmental sensors. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think some people in our audience are going to be surprised at some of the stuff that you've been working on and how it pertains to something and that's what I love about doing these things is whenever we can discover technology capabilities that kind of go, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And sometimes it's the very same things we might already have around us. That's a win. I like that uh, quite a bit. And then, as I mentioned, we have a special guest, Arno. Uh, Arno, uh, now I forget uh, on the fly where you're coming in from, but tell us where you're coming from and what you're responsible for as well. You work for Cisco, but I'll let you describe describe your role for us today. Sure. And, and thank you, Rob, for inviting me and, uh, and everyone else. Very happy to be here. Um, my name is Arno Kenny. I'm a product manager at WebEx, and I, I'm working from uh, uh, Oslo, where we have our R&D center, where we develop all the WebEx uh, video devices. And my role is a product manager for uh, some of those WebEx devices, but with also a specialty in uh, uh, digital workplace. So trying to make the most of those systems 
uh, to cater for additional needs that than just collaboration. Yeah, per that's exactly why you're here, because there's, of course, quite a few WebEx people that can speak to WebEx uh, core possibilities and things like this. I say core um, capabilities, because you're really are more on the possibility side, uh, because that's where we first crossed paths is, is working on uh, on some of the stuff when I first realized that WebEx really needs to be thought of more as a platform upon which you can um, really do a lot more customization than people might give it credit for because the devices, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but the devices are brilliantly um, self-composed. If you're using the actual physical devices, they don't feel like they're going to do much more than exactly what they're supposed to. But behind that veneer is a, uh, is a lot of customization that really can apply to things. And you've been working on that with your teams in the R&D space there. So we'll come back to that in just a moment. So I'm going to circle back around and kick us off with Joe. And Joe, I, I think I showed you this ahead of time, but I wanted to show, I, I stole this graphic uh, as kind of a starting point that I wonder if you could lead for us here. Um, the way I was kind of teeing this up was you work with lots of different customers at various degrees throughout this time period. And of course, going forward in, in what I kind of term a consultancy practice, I guess, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but it says everybody's asking these questions about, well, who needs to go back to work? How do we go about doing this? What should we be doing? What should we not be doing? But I wonder if you could speak a little bit to what this graphic is, is saying and how we should maybe interpret this and kind of set us up for the right way to, to look through this. Yeah, so, so thanks for putting that up. So um, I'd say about six months ago, we started seeing this trend with customers asking us, how does hybrid work kind of play out in the long term and how do people start coming back in the office? And so we created what we call this hybrid work spectrum where depending upon the person, the city, the department, the county, the state, the country, you might have a different view of hybrid work depending upon the day of the week. And so what we want to do is help people understand who goes back in, who stays remote, how that might be a sliding scale depending upon what's going on. You know, we're finding, you know, today is what, February 10th, some offices might be partially opened. Yeah. Some companies are now starting to plan for maybe can they put people back in in June, July timeframe? And so we needed a framework to help people kind of understand of who comes back in, when, why, do they come in full time? Do they come in, you know, a couple of days a week? And so we had to, we had to build out a model that we can start helping everyone understand where they fit here and what are the tools, the technologies, the safety concerns, all of these things so that they, they can better plan and prepare for when these events do start occurring of, of coming back in or keeping people remote, that sort of thing. Well, and it looks like, so from two sides, you've got 100% remote. Um, so like, for instance, uh, the jobs that I've typically done, I've been remote for years, uh, well before the pandemic, as many of the other kind of knowledge workers that I work with. Uh, but there are times when I go to a lot of different offices, it's just not a very specific one. But you have this other thing where people do really need to be in certain areas. I know in very some rare situations, I've seen companies, they've got lab employees there because there's an infrastructure maybe that is not that remote, um, uh, you know, and, and or maybe they're dealing with very physical systems that need to be maintained. And this, of course, goes without saying that essential workers, of course, are, are in their own kind of category there uh, across the board. But um, are there certain personas that you guys have seen that are uh, that are the ones we really should be thinking about when we say, what's that intersection of, of technology? Because what I want to go to next, and, and we can bridge in and out of this, but what I'll go to next is talk to Kate and then Arno about uh, what they're seeing in terms of their technology um, orientations. Uh, in that. But is there more to be said on the personas as we set up into that? Or do you want to come back to it? Yeah, well, I think the personas becomes really critical here because 
you know, depending upon what your job role is and the kind of teaming environment you are, you might be better suited to stay at home, right? I think what more and more companies have found is they never thought they could have a remote employee base, this, especially the size and scale that's going on right now. But what they're seeing is, hey, wait a minute, we can actually still be effective. I don't need that massive real estate footprint in all those, those branch offices I might've had in the past, you know, years ago. And so can I have a certain sect of my people based off their job description, you know, maybe a task-based worker or someone who isn't necessarily more of a, has to be hands-on or a teaming environment, then they stay home. Or do I have people that maybe they need to come in one or two times a week to meet with their teams, to do the ideation, the collaborative sessions, but for their task-based work, can they still stay at home? Maybe I don't need as many cube farms. Maybe it's more around having collaborative areas that people come together, meet their teams, and then go home and get their work done. And so you have to really understand the different types of jobs and personas of your employees. And then that's kind of how they fit into here to say, hey, well, maybe that person is 80% home, you know, that amount of time. And maybe others are going to be more in the office more time. It just, it all kind of depends on what their jobs are and how they, how they have to handle tasks and their teamwork and collaborative environments. But it feels like when we go back, and as you mentioned, some are already doing it, but it happens at different degrees, but I think those degrees keep changing on us a little bit. All of us are dealing with a little, still more uncertainty about exactly how aggressive we can go back. And, and, and just because some have gotten vaccinated or some haven't, what does that mean, you know, in terms of their ability to interact? And so we're probably going to err on the safe side in many situations. But one thing I love, Kate, is, is that we have, um, we've been talking remote work for years, I feel like in the technology space, um, and some people got into it and embraced it, especially if they were new and didn't have the legacy infrastructure. Uh, but others, suddenly this forced everybody to suddenly figure out how to get good at it and or figure out what sucks about it for their particular type of work. I'll just be honest. Uh, but Kate, I, I'm fascinated by the technologies that are being used in different ways. I wonder if you could, um, I don't know, do you kick us off wherever you want in terms of what you're seeing and, and what's, what's valuable and important to understand here? Yeah, definitely. So when we start talking about talking to customers about returning to the workplace, there's several different areas and several different places within the office that they need to take into consideration. So the first place we'll start is is lobbies and entry points. Okay. So you know, you need to make sure that there's not a backup of people or a large amount of people that are starting to congregate where they're entering, whether it's using their badge to enter or just kind of standing in line to enter. And so what if we could take their existing physical surveillance camera that they're already using to, you know, physically secure and get eyes on a location and start to count the people in that location and uh, start to identify how many people are there at a given time. And then what if we take that a step further and we integrate that with a company's mobile app so that they can notify people who are maybe in their car waiting to make their commute in what their entry time might be that's that's going to be a safe entry time so they're not entering when there's a ton more people entering and a ton more people congregating at that entry point um let so pause you, really let me pause you for one second i want to make sure we understand because when you say counting you're speaking of the camera as a sensor and you're talking about an automated version of counting, not someone that is assigned the task of watching this empty lobby and then counting people as they come in. You <laughs> literally mean using it as a, as a sensor in that sense. You're absolutely right. Use okay, the camera so as a sensor, automate these business processes. Uh, don't take somebody away from their day job to stare at a screen and count people to your point. But then you're also taking that technology and starting to uh, predict how many people are going to be around in future 
future times as well. So, you know, if you're using a person to manually count people, you, you kind of only have an idea of exactly what's there in that moment. If you use a machine to count people, you can track that over six, eight, 10 weeks and start to really get predictive with it. So what we're seeing on the screen right now is just an example of a multi-camera environment where we are counting people. Uh, you'll see some green boxes, some red boxes. Green boxes are being counted towards the total number in that location. And red boxes are not being counted because there's overlaps in these camera coverages and they're already being picked up on another camera. So we want to make sure we're being extremely accurate with that count, knowing exactly how many people are in a given space. Uh, so the, the machine learning can do that across multiple cameras. And with some software defined lines on those cameras, you can you can tell, you know, pick up people in this area of the view, but not in this other area because it's already covered. That's interesting because I didn't think about the overlap. And I remember for years, retail had been working on, you know, using cameras to, to notice the cues happening so they could kind of manage flow. But that's essentially what you're talking about is making sure the flow is representative of the fact that we're all have these different versions of personal distance these days uh, that also need to be maintained. And, and kind of something, I don't know that Joe's brought it up yet, but because it, it may have been in a previous conversation, but it, we also have to be concerned with the culture of how we're representing this back to our uh, employees in this case, in the sense that if I'm as employee going back, I don't only need to, the company is concerned with what they're doing, but then I need to be concerned as an individual, do I feel like the company's doing what I feel is necessary for me and however it may impact my family, perhaps, you know, if I'm having to interact, yeah. does that put me in a higher risk? I, I was just about to mention that, you know, it, it is one thing to reopen the office and you, you kind of assume, well, you know, people just want to come back because they want to come back. But there is going to be some sort of hesitancy of, do I feel safe actually returning into the office? What is my yeah. company doing to ensure that I, as an employee, am going to have a good experience while I'm there, but also it's safe, it's clean. Uh, and I think that is a great example that we can start showing people, hey, you know, if you you know, we're going to have sort of this mental mindset of, well, you know, I don't want to be around a big crowd when I go back into yeah. an office. How do I ensure that when I walk back in, there's not a hundred people staying there online waiting for the card scanner. So having tools like this really does become sort of a, you know, a, a way for an employee to get a sense of, you know, number one, my company is taking care of me from a safety perspective, but also uh, it allows, you know, management to, to kind of better track what is going on with the health and the well-being of their employees. And it becomes a marketing tool back to the employees. Welcome back. It's safe. It's clean. We've got protocols in place. Uh, and it can also be used as a marketing tool to attract new hires and new talent, too, when they're coming back to, you know, to maybe look at your, your organization to join it. Well, and I'm going to come back to you in a second, Kate, because I think I cut you off a little bit, but I can't help but make this transition because, uh, Joe, what you're bringing up there is I think Arno's got some input on some ways in which some of this could be done. And Arno, do you mind if I switch? Do you mind speaking to the video that I kind of threw together, stealing uh, from some of your advertisements to try and give us a visual of what you're speaking to? But I'm going to count on you for the narration, if you don't mind. But I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what we're seeing here and then branch off. Yeah, so what you're seeing here is basically WebEx devices used for something as in collaboration, like th this type of customization here where uh, you enter the room and you know when it was last clean, for example, which is, is not a native function, it's not a nat native application, but it's something that the, the platform can help you build yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, this one here is also something that we created at the very beginning of the pandemic where we're using the camera in the same manner that Kate was talking about. Uh, the camera in the WebEx device is counting people quite accurately there as well. And 
we also developed a, a small piece of code that you can include inside the device so that when there are too many people in the room, uh, like if, if in this example, the limit was set to uh, three people or something like this, mm -hmm. um, then the camera informs the user that there are too many people in this room. And someone in this example, that person is going out. Sorry, I was pausing to make sure you had plenty of time to uh, to speak to yeah, it here. But... No, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. So, um, yeah, so we have those uh, those uh, WebEx, uh, WebEx board um, showing how to collaborate. But uh, the interesting part of this example here is uh, getting this reminder that your meeting is going to end. And you see how it is easy to transfer. And I guess that's, that's part of the hybrid workplace kind of thing where you should be very yeah. mobile, right? If you want to continue your meeting, you shouldn't be locked by um, how your meeting room was booked, but you can always hand over the call to your headset and your, your phone and continue this meeting later on. Even join another meeting room and then continue on a large WebEx systems because you have this, uh, this capability of pairing with uh, the WebEx devices. Yeah. And then I paused on this one here, but as we go into this, I just want to tee it up. I'll let you speak to it. But this is kind of what I was thinking of when Joe is speaking to how you're communicating with employees. Uh, because a lot of this, and I don't want anybody to miss this point, but I think what WebEx is doing and what you guys continue to push for is, um, you know, sometimes people, if they're not using WebEx already, they're looking at this going, oh, okay, so this is WebEx. They make some nice devices and maybe we have a few or maybe we don't have any. But Honestly, there are a lot of people that do have these devices, and they're very much about a range of, of models that when they're already in place, especially, they can be used for more than what you might think of. And uh, this is an example of also some of the partnerships that you guys have. I'll let you speak to it, but just a reminder that this is why I, probably the biggest reason segueing from jo what Joe is teeing up here, but go ahead. Yeah, and you said it earlier, so the, the WebEx is a platform, and on that platform, you can actually include many applications. So we are also working on a uh, a program uh, that includes many partners, technological partners, and the one you see here, for example, is is MazeMap, one of our uh, uh, partner, and we are working with them to include their user interface inside the WebEx devices because the WebEx devices uh, support uh, web uh, engine, and you, you can use it for customization. So you can bring those maps into the screen and help people uh, find a room easily, for example. And, and this one is signage. signage. And yep. again, this is this is a signage is part of the platform, but we don't do the content part. We just do the the middleware part. So uh, you can bring your own content, or you can use our partners to bring the content that you want. Yeah, you know, it always um, reminds me. I'm like, we're responsible for helping you have the meeting, not responsible for whether that meeting was actually a good use of your time. <laughs> but yeah. I like this. So this is back to the, the usage monitors and such, because you actually have some countdowns and letting people know that it's time to move rooms. I find those things very helpful, especially because in my past working actually with Cisco was the, the notion of using uh, hot desking and, and using space much more efficiently. So as Joe kind of teed up at the top, we're thinking about real estate differently. And these are the type of tools that can, that can help you pull that off. And based on the fact we saw this individual going back and forth, um, this is the same experience you can have at home and at work, and it's kind of a consistent in between anywhere you happen to be. It feels like, yeah, yeah, and and uh, and what what you're seeing is another kind of a customization that uh, that's quite easy to easy to program, right? Where you uh, you can know when was the last call uh, given in that room, so it gives you an indication 
uh, of whether there were people here and uh, it can uh, people themselves. It's, it's a bit like the, uh, the the toilet in the airport where you have this uh, last time it was clean, except it's on paper. But here you can automate things, right? Can, uh, <laughs> I've never looked at that paper. Other than I, when in. If I'm standing in line, yeah, to Kate's point, if you're queuing up for something and there I'm like reading that, I'm going, this hasn't been cleaned lately. <laughs> dun, dun. That's uh, that's actually a good call out. One of the things that we did, we, we had an internal hackathon and one of our submissions was how do we ensure that the room was clean? So we, we actually built a little tab in the in the touch device on the desk, the touch 10, so that after your meeting ends, you hit a clean button. It sends a text message to the cleaning staff to let them know that this room needs to be cleaned. Yeah. It takes it out of the booking system at that time. Let's the cleaning crew come in and clean it. And then when they're done, they send a text message back. It opens the room back up. So, you know, awesome. kind of the point is you can, you can get kind of creative on how you handle these different scenarios, um, leveraging things like the automation and some of the APIs that are available now through the WebEx platform. But there's different ways, depending upon your, your safety and health and your cleanliness posture, that you can get creative on how you actually build some of these some of these processes into your you know your workflow and your your, your cleanliness programs. Yeah, and I think and I you think know, you can see. Go ahead, Arno. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I can. Mm -hmm. I think you can see also some different categories of uh, of solutions here. You, uh, if you want to bring more confidence for uh, you know, workers to come back to the office, that's the the information, right? Use yeah. signage. Use the screen to inform people about what they are allowed to do. Uh, the other one is acting on it. So you, like you said, you press a button and you inform people that you have a need so that they can react quickly when, when needed. And also inform the, the people who are managing your building. So if you have all those sensors, you can collect the information but from WebEx, but also from Meraki, like Kate was mentioning, right? You look at the density of your office space in rooms, in corridors, and you can also alert the, uh, the building owner that, uh, someone is not following your, your you need you need to do something you need to act yeah on. well and, and you the guys one have is the, um, keep oh, on. sorry one last no. uh, rob is it no touch no, no touching right people don't want i mean it will last probably for some months even even after the pandemic before things go back to normal they don't want to touch anything so that's also something that uh, we and i think more solutions have resolved as well by uh, speaking to the system for example or using your phone to pair to the system, and that's something that WebEx has, you have this proximity pairing and you can control the system from here or share your content from your laptop without touching a cable, for example. I think this kind of solution will also help a lot. Yeah, and I was, I'm laughing because I had this image. First, it started with one of you previously was talking about how our, proc, our, our notions of how close we are to people, because we all know that there's those people that are always just a little bit too close, this pre-pandemic. There's always those people that are close talkers or something. And I'm like, now it's even worse, right? Everybody's a close talker. I'm like, if you're not six feet away uh, in this type of thing, because it's just, we've all kind of reset what our definition of the boundary is. And that's the expectation our workers, I think, have coming in. Uh, but I was also thinking of this other, and these are my made up personas, Joe. So these are not official worldwide personas, but mine was the hugger was the other one. I'm like, I'm a hugger. And like, no, you're not, not anymore. You, don't you yeah. dare hug me. I'll take you down. I'll have someone take you down because I don't want to touch you. Now you're so an I'm elbow bumper. Yeah, yeah, like Monsters, Inc., where they're, the, the monsters all jump in and do the fumigation. I love that scene. Yeah. Um, anyway, the socks are flying. But, um, well, Arno, you, I, I, I think the big thing to take away from, I think a lot of people aren't aware, as you mentioned, one, we showed a few examples there of of the openness of uh, people may not realize that, that WebEx does open access to these sensors via API and the 
the occupancy was a sensor kind of comparing to a value that's set. You know, you go, you, the administrator would go in and say, this room is set for a certain number of people. Previously, that number was one thing. Maybe it was six. You know, yeah, you could fit six in there comfortably and get some stuff done because we all used to crowd into our boss's office or something like that. And then now it's like, ah, two or three. And the cameras um, were not built for that. Obviously, they're built to be cameras, but they were built, uh, WebEx early on started saying we can... Um, uh, work on optimization. And so what started in, in WebEx Control Hub, admins can say, and this is, I think, a lot of people miss how valuable this is in, an, in a large enterprise, but admins can look and say, what is the use of a space? Uh, and, and how many have been using it? Are the tools that you've invested in as a company with WebEx, are they being used if, um, you know, to, to get work done? And that it doesn't matter where these devices are. You can see that collectively rolled up so that you can optimize, move stuff to the right places. But now those same sensors that were there for that purpose, you're saying can be accessed and you guys have been playing with how do we then re, uh, renew the use of those things to do other things like counting, comparing against a, a set uh, fixed number that says it's violated this. I think that's that's where things have to go is that kind of thinking. Um, but Kate, yeah, and, oh, yeah. um I'll come oh, back. No, to sorry. No, you have no. to ask a question to Kate. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, Kate, I, what I'm, examples you had. But, uh, but uh, Kate, I'm going to come to you with examples. But Arno, what were you saying? Finish up. It's fine. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's it's fine. I, I just wanted to say that, yeah, we, we've been adding quite a few sensors. And we didn't name the uh, air quality, temperature, humidity, and noise oh, yeah. sensor that we have. And that we because we didn't see the, the pandemic com coming like many people. Right. But we had these plans already in mind because the hybrid workplace was a reality before the pandemic. And there were many companies who were already gone that direction. So we were planning for them. And uh, with the pandemic now, it became just much more obvious case. So we were ready before it started, yes. Well, and Kate, I was going to ask you just in the world of sensors, how it's multiple sensors so can't, you mentioned early on cameras can be thought of not as just producing a visual image, but as actually being a, an input source that can measure different things. And of course, there's different cameras also from infrared to others. But I also think, as he brought up here, you know, um, air sensors, CO2 sensors, which were a problem before, right, where you aren't circulating your air enough and all your employees are falling asleep. Uh, so these things aren't necessarily new, but the ways in which we combine them, the ease in which we can combine them to come up with the type of data that we need now, what are you seeing um, in terms of how some ideas for how people might use some of this stuff going forward. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just you know, combining the technology and gathering as much data as you can to make informed decisions. So Arno mentioned an air quality sensor. What if we tie that together with something as simple as a door open, door close sensor? And we start to take a look at data. If there's one person in a room and a door is closed, air quality stays consistent. But if there's three people in a room and a door is closed, your air quality starts to fluctuate. And maybe that's where we wanna start implementing door open policies for conference rooms of a certain size or for conference rooms that have a certain number of people in them. So some of the technology can be very simple, very straightforward, but you're gathering data to make informed decisions. And one of the things that really strikes me is, you know, necessity drives innovation, right? So we, we need to do some of these things for COVID, but these are convenience factors that are going to live on forever, that some of these things are never going to go away and they shouldn't go away. I mean, how cool is it that I can take my own personal cell phone that I'm super familiar with using and use proximity to now control the smart room that I'm in without having to learn a new yeah. device without having to learn a new OS or whatever the case might be. So there's there's some convenience things that are going to come out of this as well that that are going to make this not just COVID solutions. 
Yeah, you may, you remind me because I remember I love what WebEx did with that ultrasound proximity technology. Because one thing I always hated, especially during this transition, where every time Apple came out with a new computer, we had a new dongle. Uh, but you would go into a meeting room and there'd be 15 different cables that you'd have to figure out. And this is not really about the touch thing, but it comes back to it, you know, but they'd said, you know what, how about if the system just knew you were in the room and then allowed you to share effortlessly. And it's been, it's like magic. It's like, the first time I saw it happen. Cause I hadn't been in the office in a long time. This was a while back, but I was like, what do you, what is this magic you guys are doing? And I was like, Rob, you need to pay more attention. Uh, but Kate, you'd mentioned cameras, make sure I heard understood this correctly. I think it was a previous conversation, but the ability for a camera analysis to determine uh, mask wearing or not, is that yeah. a thing? What, what is that yeah. state of that technology? That was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the camera is a sensor. We've talked about it, right? And the camera is going to detect people. And once you detect people, you can do any number of things with AI and machine learning. Um, counting them and exactly how many are in a given location is one of those things. Mm -hmm. Measuring the distance between them is another thing. So are they truly staying six feet apart? And probably some of the coolest stuff that's come out of this is the ability to detect a face mask. And this machine learning has been trained and retrained and trained again to make sure that it's able to identify all the different types of face masks that somebody might wear, whether you know it's a decorative one with flowers across the face, or if it's your standard, you know, medical PPE type of a face mask. And we can send alerts if face masks are not being worn. And if we go back to the conference room example where there's only one person in there, we can tell the system, hey, there's only one person in there. They can yeah. take their mask they're alone. That's fine. Uh, and as more people start to enter, we can we can alert to face masks missing. Even if they're, they've pulled them down and they're wearing the old chin strap, we can create an alert that it's not worn properly. And just to expand upon the technology, because I know Arnaud mentioned using digital signage, um, we can just put a little digital signage item in there with a smart speaker or smart microphone that's gonna have a little automated voice that says, hey, you know, some, some other folks have started to join in, pull the mask back up, whatever that alert might be. Yeah. And since we're doing this with Verzalus, Right, exactly. And since we're doing with the, this with surveillance cameras, we actually have the ability to go back and review footage to see how people reacted to the digital signage or to the micro, um, to the speakers. And we, we noticed some cool things. Sometimes digital signage starts to get ignored or looked past, overlooked. And when you integrate that audio cue as well, it kind of draws people's attention to it. They start paying attention to all the visual cues in the room after you've gotten their attention to go back and take a look at That's it. That's interesting. So, yeah. Really. Cause especially like I got a home Depot and this one annoys me because it's just an annoying beep that they do and forgive me cause home Depot is a client probably for all of us in different ways, but it's the, and I understand why they do it. It's the little surveillance standalone surveillance camera thing with the screen that just reminds you cause we've learned through past experience that when people know they're being watched, they behave differently and, so, and it's beeping to remind you uh, and to your point that uh, because also because the system knows you're nearby, so it's not beeping constantly trying to get attention. It's beeping only when there's a person there to grab that attention if necessary. And and as we go forward, and we didn't. Uh, I'm gonna. I want to get some input from Joe in terms of as we wrap this up with what are some good next steps. But I stumbled across an article, and I'm not. Here I go. This is. I'm breaking some rules here in terms of not really being prepared to speak to this. But it was about. I don't have the latest Apple Watch, but I. As I remember it, the latest Apple Watches have that additional heart rate monitoring, EKG stuff built into them. And there were some researchers, uh, and this is a peer-reviewed journal that just did a study, and it's not official in terms of anything coming out yet, Apple certainly not promoting this, but they actually had the ability, they were seeing consistent correlation uh, with data from, uh, from watch wearers, and this was in the healthcare environment, uh, to 
where the 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 system knew just through the watch interaction that they had that they were going to be testing covid positive a week later so a week early they're becoming aware based on the way the heart was kind of picking up on the infection reaction that kind of happens internally that we may not even realize yet and so they're looking for those patterns that's not exactly pertaining to what we do here other than the fact that it, there's an amazing world of sensors Oh, the final question, let me ask you, and I think this is more at Kate that everybody can answer. I know what Arnaud's answer is, though, but how hard is this? I mean, what's the reality? We talk about this as technologists because we live in it, but if I'm a customer who doesn't live in this technology world, is this something that's reasonable for me to, to begin thinking towards, or is it yes. just going to invite a mess? It's absolutely reasonable. And just quickly, I, I believe all of that started with return to golf, uh, getting back with wearables. Mm -hmm. And they started uh, detecting spikes in temperature during sleep and spikes in heart rate during sleep. And those same individuals were then testing positive three, four days in advance. So I think some of it leads back to there. They started looking into it, but that's just, that's fascinating stuff. Um, and could, could lead into predicting just common colds that can wreak havoc on offices in different areas as well if, um, if they're brought in. But but anyways, um, so so back to your question, it's very simple. Um, you know, one of the primary technologies that we're working with is Cisco Meraki, which is built on being simple, yeah. uh, very quickly and easily deploy and manage these cameras and just remotely run these machine learning algorithms um, against them, utilizing APIs. Uh, everything can be done very simply, set up very quickly um, and set up, you know, even, even if it needs to be set up by somebody that's, you know, not a professional installer, I, I've done it. I'm not yeah. handy. I've done it, right? So uh, it say. can be done very easily. <laughs> it can be done very easily. <laughs> well, and shout out, we had a, we did an episode, Kate, you were on it on No Bad Wi-Fi, which is a spinoff of Tech 37, and we covered Meraki's new sensors. And I think we'll see many more from that, but they indeed, they're known for keeping things simple. Uh, they also have open access through APIs like WebEx. So you begin to combine these things. So anybody that's already begun investing in, in proprietary or their own platforms or work with another, it, no problem. This is all stuff that's designed to, uh, uh, for somebody who just wants to apply an idea. And so speaking of that, Joe, uh, let's say I feel like there's a spectrum. There's people who I imagine we're all we're all in some state of unknown, but there's some people who are comfortable with technology, some people who are not. But I think the value becomes obvious. We've already it's already proven during this pandemic that I mean, technology has been our savior for even getting any kind of work done going forward. Imagine yeah. I, don't, I don't think they had WebEx in 1918. I don't know. Correct me after the call. Um but during the Spanish flu, I don't think WebEx um, was an option or it was over dial-up. No, not but, at all. Yeah. But uh, what, what kind of things did you, do you suggest? Where can, uh, let me be blunt, where can worldwide help uh, with regards to steps to take next? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Here's the thing that we're finding. Everyone is coming up with technology and COVID solutions, right? Every vendor under the sun saying, oh, I've got this new thing. It's, it's going to solve, you know, this. I think Kate and Arno make, make a good point of whatever you're looking at now, it's got to be somewhat future proofed. Let's say we're out of this situation a year. You don't want to make some massive technology purchase today that's going to be obsolete in a year. And so things like these camera sensors where, yeah, you might be getting some data now, but long term, you're still going to use that camera for other things, whether that's video surveillance or in Arno's case, you know, in the conference room space. So it's understanding the capabilities for what you're trying to solve for today and what you're trying to maybe get longer term use out of. Um, what we typically would do is we would start with a briefing just to kind of give you an understanding of what are some of these capabilities today and what matches, you know, your culture, your policies, 
And then we would look at, okay, let, let's get more of them to a deep dive into a workshop of, let's start understanding your different types of personas. What is your return to work policy? How important are things like, you know, collaboration and innovation and uh, safety and alerts, that kind of thing. And then we start building a holistic program for you. That, that's a typical engagement for us, but we, we usually like to start just at a basic briefing of, let us kind of what we're doing right now, to be honest, it's let us yeah. come talk to you about what we're seeing, what other customers are doing throughout multiple industries, and just give you a taste of some of the technologies and tools that are available and what what we think has some some legs to it and what's long-term going to probably still be around with you for the next couple of years. That's It's going to improve your business or reduce costs, that sort of thing. And I think that's interesting because you guys work through a lot of different verticals. You work with everything from from huge federal government entities uh, to mom and pop businesses to enterprises to nonprofits i mean and and what's interesting especially because we heard this from kate and arno is that we're seeing the uh, the interplay, we're seeing stuff that's been worried about and worked on early on from other industries like retail, doing uh, line counting yeah. and security, doing different things with surveillance, um, you know, but moving into uh, the reality that uh, no matter what we do, it has to make business sense. Uh, and it needs to, and the only way technology is adopted is when your employees are involved, when your workforce is engaged. Um one thing that we didn't bring up, but I think Arno and I talked about this earlier, is the important of cons- importance of consistency, uh, because you're also talking about, I-, I think there was a point in time when we first went into the pandemic where there's a scramble to how do we stay alive, for mostly for the companies that didn't already have an engaged remote workforce. Uh, it certainly wasn't an easy thing because there's so many employees you know, that had to be accounted for suddenly, so I don't want to imply that it was easy, but it was different for those who didn't have any kind of remote who were figuring it out from the get-go, and they were scrambling. They were grabbing whatever kind of cloud-based thing could be done in the moment, and that's exactly what you should do. That's fine, no problem at all, but there does come a point that I think a lot of people have been through is now is the time as you're planning to also think about this from an enterprise, what I call enterprise standpoint, and that still applies to government or anything else. What I mean by enterprise standpoint is both the quality, the consistency, the security, uh, the ability to monitor, know what's happening. These are all important things that don't go away and and are important for going forward. Uh, And I think you guys had that as an underlying current though with everything that you're saying here. I think that goes, I just wanna make sure it's, that that's part of what you're always speaking to uh, is what's sustainable, uh, what is possible to recoup investment on and, and build upon going forward. Uh, because any investments, it's about reusing existing investments more intelligently. And then any new investments that are being made, let's make sure that those make the most sense. Because, and I applaud you, no, I don't think anyone said when we get to the new normal or whatever the, the phrasing is that we always do. Because I don't think what we all thought of is that, if we can even remember it a year ago, that's not coming back. It's something different. I think that's a good thing. I think that's, we have been forced to learn some new skills and now we apply them to saying, this is how we are productive. This is how we're going to go going forward. Anybody disagree? Agree? We're all good there. Make sure this is your chance to say the host has gone off the rails before we wind it up. I completely agree with that. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, guys, I appreciate your time. Um, we're right at the right at our Tech 37 uh, promise in terms of time frame. Uh, we'll have to the audience here speaking now. There's should be links beneath the screen for you to take advantage of the platform. This is the way to engage with worldwide technology. Is to uh, if you're watching this live, I think you probably already had to, but if you haven't done this already, you need to get engaged. You can follow each of these individuals who are experts in their space. You can get engaged through briefings and workshops that Joe mentioned. There's links to do that. I'll put one up here as we close out as well. But don't. Don't miss that opportunity. Uh, there's good friends to be made that are here to help you make your business run better and lower the heart rate 
and lower our collective tension uh, as we figure out how to move forward and, uh, and, and create the new world uh, as we do it. But Arno, thank you also for joining us as our special guest. Thank you to Cisco and WebEx and R&D and as you get into your nighttime and we'll continue the rest of our day. Regardless, thank you for watching Tech 37. My name is Rob Boyd. Make sure I got my finger on the right place. Thank you guys so much for attending. We'll see you on the next one.